Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to Red Button, Blue Button, a podcast talking about social and cultural topics in video games. I'm Max. Joined with me are my co-hosts, Leo and Pat. Gentlemen, how you doing? Yo, 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 what up? Doing excellent. <laughs> doing excellent today. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so today we're, you know, before we get into the topic, a lot of stuff has been going on. So do we want to do updates or do you feel like because what we're talking about is a majority of updates here? I feel like maybe we should just dig in as quickly as we can. Uh, maybe we just throw out what we've been playing recently. You've got a lot to cover. Sure. So um, for those that aren't on the up and up, E3 2017 just ended very shortly. So we're going to talk about uh, what we what we thought about it, what we thought about E3, what we thought we liked, what we didn't, what we were confused about. Yeah. Um, you know, I tried to watch E3 coverage over the couple of days. Of course, you know, as you get older, you have to work and you can't watch all of it. But looking at the pieces and bits of it, trying to catch up afterwards, I was pretty impressed. Uh, I came into this E3 not thinking I was going to see much. I mean, I didn't. I didn't expect we'd see new consoles, to be perfectly honest. Uh, maybe I'm just not on the up and up on that, but um, I'm surprised, both maybe good and possibly bad. And we saw a couple of really good games. Um, you know, we were definitely worried about some of the launch titles for the Switch for a long time. Um, I know Max is going to disagree, but um, I thought we saw some good stuff from them. Um, saw some good stuff from Microsoft and Sony. Saw some yeah, interesting stuff from Bethesda. Okay, all right. I love Cat Game. I hear what you guys have to say, but. Um, I, I overall was impressed with this uh, this E3. Yeah, I mean, kind of piggybacking off of Pat. Uh, so I was watching a little bit. I was trying to watch it as live as I could, but, you know, work and stuff. I think Microsoft kind of... So it, for you guys that don't know, the Xbox One X has been announced. It's like the PS4 Pro. Uh, with a more the, confusing title. Well, <laughs> Xbox One X, the initials is xbox oh shit really oh xbox one x xbox so i'm just gonna call it the xbox no it's it's the one x (laughs) i don't know it's super confusing but i i feel like when when microsoft came down to the stage um that was the first thing they announced during the press conference and it was all kind of downhill from there um i don't know how if you guys want to just like start talking about like do you guys want to go just start like conference to conference or what do you want to talk about well let's stay with microsoft because microsoft has this tendency to fucking blow it in e3 this is not the first time that they uh (laughs) i i think i was talking to you guys and saying like why do they still go first i mean they exactly why do they go first (laughs) they never learn their lesson yeah i mean like when the xbox one and the ps4 re- released and i think pat you said this that like <laughs> how they presented the xbox one was so yeah. poor and it was so awful and then sony was like guys we need to change everything that we're talking about this. exactly but it was... exactly exactly so to remind people a couple years ago they were talking about the um the original launch of the xbox one and they were talking about the features and you can't see me air quoting because this is audio but the features it was going to have such as a camera and microphone that would be on all the time and monitoring everything everything that you do. So naturally, and this doesn't really happen at E3 conferences. I mean, we're talking industry people, people excited about video games. They actually got booed, which, I, again, maybe the first time ever. So so obviously, um, I I believe that the, the PlayStation was going to have something very similar because at the time they were really promoting their sound bars and their um, Microsoft, their, um, excuse me, their cameras I, and whatnot. And they, yeah, 
Yeah, they must have just been like, no, 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 uh, scratch it all. Um, um, everything's going to be free, uh, free games for the PlayStation Plus. Uh, yeah, we're not Microsoft. But um, but yeah, Max is right. The, the Xbox always goes first. They always try to do some sort of crazy money-making scheme, and it always falls back and hurts them in the end. But I do have one question for Leo, one really big question. Um, Leo, how do you feel that the new Xbox console is going to be delivering 4K gaming better than PC consoles? What is your personal yeah, I mean, feeling on that? I'm excited. <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. You know, I think it's it's not that big of a claim. So, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's doing it. It's really yeah, fun. It's really easy to produce 4K at 60 frames a second. So, okay. So, for you guys that don't know, a little background on the Xbox One X. So, it's a new console, but it is uh, a next-gen, next-gen console. So, they're promising 4K games, and it's going to... The, the price point is $500 for this. So that is twice the cost of the cheapest Xbox One right now. And my problem with that is that was the first thing they announced at E3. They were like, here we go, 4K games. And I feel like the rest of the conference, they didn't release a game that really highlighted the, the need for 4K games. The, yeah. the one game, so, so they announced... The Xbox One X, and then they're like, okay, who's ready for Forza 7? <laughs> and it was just like, okay, cool. And it was like a weird press conference because they like showed the trailer, and then they're like, we're proud to announce the brand new Porsche G2R. Like, they, they announced a Porsche. That's right, an actual car, uh, like, right? Like a, a real car. <laughs> an, an actual, yeah, the, a real car that Porsche hasn't announced yet. They announced it on stage while they were doing their conference so i i just don't understand what microsoft is doing now because okay so they're promising at least for forza 7 they made the claim that 4k 60 frames a second and i don't know if you guys know about that but 4k is it's really high resolution it's four times the resolution of 1080p and it takes a lot of processing power to do that. It's hard on PC gaming with the nice cards right now. And to do it for $500, I am a little bit skeptical, but I, I'm trying to keep an open mind until it actually comes out and I'll see how it performs. Maybe they, I don't know. I, I know they, they did some cool like hardware trickery. They're, this is the first console to in, in, include liquid cooling CPUs and GPUs, which is pretty cool. Um, but I, I feel like the entire conference was, okay, here's a console and now here's some all right games and sequels. And uh, just to be clear, is it going to be backwards compatible with uh, Xbox One and Xbox games yeah. like the Xbox One is? Yeah, so it's it's pretty much an Xbox One with an upgrade. With a it, souped-up, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just a souped-up Xbox thing, One. The one thing that wasn't clear entirely was, will all new games, will you be required to have this new Xbox One XX X, X, um, in order to play them. That's the one thing I didn't quite understand with the conference is that forcing people to buy, basically pay $500 to keep playing their games. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think so. It's the same issues I think people are worried about with the, uh, the PS4 Pro. But we'll see what happens. Like Leo said, it's going to be a wait and see kind of thing. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Microsoft tends to do this. I don't know. They haven't had like a really solid E3 in a very long time. I mean, nothing mind-blowing. Sure, the new console looks like it's going to be really cool, but what did they bring to show? I mean, they showed off some Anthem, which was showed the day before, and we'll get into that because uh, I know we want to talk about that because all of us here oh, yeah. fucking loved it. 
it looks oh, yeah. great, but we'll we'll get into that later. Absolutely. But I mean, like what? Last year, did they bring Gears of War last year and the year yeah. before that? Gears of yeah, War. but did you even hear anything about it? Like, like, did anybody? I mean, is it really was it really that popular? Did people really buy it no, and play it? I, I never it, saw it anywhere. It, you know, it did not have the same lasting thing as uh, you know the previous Gears games, and but that's kind of in their mo. They bring this one flagship. That is usually one of their franchises, like Halo or Gears of War, or I mean, no, no. Last year wasn't Gears of War. Last year their big thing was Halo Wars too. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like a full blown Halo game. It was a uh, an RTS on a console. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't work, by the way. I tried once in the past to play StarCraft on the N64, and it was impossible. Okay? Impossible. The controls, you know, I was worried about the controls. Have you, have you ever played the original Halo Wars? No. No. It's actually a fun game. I mean, I wouldn't play it on a console, but the controls aren't terrible. Okay, okay. Um, But Microsoft aside, I, I think we are safe to say, like, the Microsoft press conference didn't really wow us. I mean, they showed off, what, Sea of Thieves, which Again. looks really cool. It looks cool, mm-hmm. but it's funny because... I mean, it's a so rare game. It's, it's rare, a, right? Yeah, it's a rare so. game, um, but it's been in development mm-hmm. for like a long time. They, I think they showed it for the past two E3s, and it's been in development long enough now that there there is another game that they was also announced at E3. I think it's called <laughs> That's right. Blood it, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because when you talked about that game, I thought you were talking about Skull and Bones, and I was like, that's not what it's called. But you're right. There are two pirate games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they announced another pirate game. That's the same exact concept, but it has more. It's realistic, like graphics instead of like see if the games is kind of cartoony. Skull and Bones kind of looks. It's very realistic, but it's the same idea. You're online. You have a crew on your pirate ship, and you're fighting other people. It's the same exact game. <laughs> there actually is a game like this that already exists right now too that no one even, no one plays called Black Flag. Uh, it's a yeah. like a Steam game. It's not that great. I mean, I guess a higher quality game people would bring people in, but I think like people are dying for pirate games right now. So to have well, two of them at one well, conference was amazing. The Assassin's Creed Black Flag actually, the uh, Skull and Bones is being made by Ubisoft. What they what they did, and um, I think Kotaku or Destructoid or Polygon, one of those media sites, wrote a big article saying like they interviewed someone from Ubisoft and said that the framework that was in uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, the the ship battles, is what led them to make Skull and Bones. But yeah, uh, Th- Sea of Thieves looks cool. Uh, it's a, you know, Rare hasn't put out anything in a while. And we're talking Rare, the company, not like it's a rare game. It's, you know, the creators of Banjo-Kazooie. I don't What else did they do? The yeah, really bad saying... launch game for yeah. Xbox. Perfect Dark back in the day mm-hmm. but yeah oh, i'm sorry the game i meant was uh black wake black wake was the game yeah there's only really let's say one game on the xbox conference that got me excited and it it, it it's not because like the gameplay looks like super fun or it's not because because it's super in- innovative but i'm talking about crackdown 3 oh yeah so they announced crackdown 3 and for you guys that don't know what the crackdown series is it's pretty much like what saints row is to GTA, but this is for I don't know, like like a cop game, but just like over the top cop game that you're like a superhuman. It's just like RoboCop almost, but like I guess there's somewhat of a story, but you're just pretty much jumping around, just making chaos in this city and jumping over buildings and like throwing cars and stuff, and it just looks like just stupid fun. <laughs> like almost like a Just Cause Three, but in Cyberpunk Cop World. 
And you guys have played the other ones, right? I really remember you two playing, I think it was two. Yeah, I played Crafton 2. Uh, well, we played a lot of one. Yeah, we did play. Because um, I remember we bought one because it was like $17 at the time or like $20. It was like super cheap. Yeah, it, it's an open world game, sandbox game where you're a super cop that has the ability to jump really high and punch people. So you climb buildings and it's absurd. And I, yeah, you're right. I, I was going to mention this. It looks... It looks really fun, and Terry Crews is the voice, and kind of... Oh, love Terry yeah. Crews. Yeah, Terry Crews of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame. White Chicks. And, yeah, then White Chicks, I guess. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that movie. Who thought that was a good idea? Anyway, uh, it, it, it looks great, and I think it, it's good... I, I think that's going to bring life back into that series because two kind of sucked. It did exactly what the first one did, except worse. So... Yeah. And that's my opinion. Um, so I got to ask you guys, are you guys excited to play this new game called Skyrim? I don't know if you heard about it, oh but apparently God. Bethesda is releasing <laughs> Skyrim on a bunch of different platforms. Come on. Okay. I liked Skyrim when it came out, but even I can accept this is a little much now. Okay. We have to move yeah. on from this game. Uh, yeah. The Bethesda conference. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't believe they're, they're re-releasing Skyrim again um, for people who can pay it again. With everything that the, <laughs> that the community hates. Like exactly. there was what was that two years ago three years ago that they bethesda tried to like monetize mods that they created and there was a huge pushback from the community on this was on steam i think it's on steam exactly yeah yeah they yeah failed so this miserably. was on pc and the community was really mad and they were just because a lot of the mods are free you can get them on um the nexus that's a, a website forum place where there's a lot of mods and on the steam workshop there's just a lot of mods that are free but Bethesda tried to like make this whole marketplace for for mods, and people are kind of upset about it. So they so they pulled it. But now they're bringing it back, and it's just ridiculous. It's like turning like it. It's almost satire. Like one of the things they highlighted, there was a mod. That, so they highlighted this at this E3 2017. There's a mod that you can make uh, mud crabs with dwarven armor. <laughs> oh my god! That's and they found there was a there was a meme like when there was like the I whole pushback a couple yeah, of years I ago. I remember. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a meme. They were making fun of Bethesda. They were saying, "Oh, for three dollars, get dwarven armor for mud crabs." Yeah. Like and like making fun of them, and exactly. then maybe somebody at Bethesda was like, "Oh no, that's a good idea." That's a good and idea. And then they yeah. actually did it. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think they really missed the point that the, you know, there there's the modding community, and the modding community is just that. It's a community. You know, you make these mods, you improve them, you play with them. It's a thing to like get people to play more and play together, and it's it's a really great thing. And I think when you do try to monetize it like that, you ruin the community completely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But hey, Skyrim's coming out, so that's fun. Oh, Skyrim. Yeah, you know, yeah, I came up for Skyrim. Yeah. I, I saw. I saw there. There was a meme after the Bethesda conference. that was just like 2018 Bethesda conference this year. Skyrim. Skyrim is we're releasing on the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bethesda did not have a good conference. Uh, they announced a new Dishonored game. Which actually looks really good. It follows it's you don't have to play one or two to understand the story. Follows one of the characters from two, but it looks exciting because it's just a brand new take on it. It's not Corvo and the assassination of the Empress and the second one with Emily, so people can jump into it. But yeah, it it looks really good. I'm blanking on the name right now. It's a new Dishonored game. 
Bethesda. People, I think, were looking for a new Elder Scrolls game that wasn't Skyrim. Kind of let it down because technically that is the next one in their development cycle. Because mm -hmm. typically speaking, they usually do a Fallout game and then they do a Elder Scrolls game. They switch on and off. Yeah. So, but nothing really popped out there. Also, there was um, reports of somebody talking at the conference with a Bethesda high up or some representative from Bethesda. And they said they were asking about the next Elder Scrolls game. And the representative stated that the next Elder Scrolls game isn't even in development yet. Yeah, so, I, I think part of the problem now, remember, too, is the MMO is still going. So that is the next but game. But it's been it's going like on for... No, I, yeah. know, I know, but 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 development of content is just going to go into the MMO for a while. I don't think we're going to see a single-player game for a while. Yeah, they announced... I don't know if it's this E3 or a little while ago. There, there's an expansion to um, more or Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, they're including Morrowind in that. Yeah, that they announced that a couple months ago, but they yeah. showed more gameplay for it. So I know, yeah. as someone that loved Morrowind, and that was the first Elder Scroll games I played. If I played the MMO, I'd be excited about that. Another Bethesda game that I am excited about that they released or announced was uh, Wolfenstein 2, though. Oh, that's right. That's right. Wolfenstein 2. And a lot of uh, angry white people uh, took to the internet about that. That was awesome. Why? I'm not can sure. You, you, yeah, you tell me why? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, like half of it was trolls, but there were some serious people in there saying like, oh, look, they're making a game. Because it's very violent. <laughs> the trailer is very violent. And someone <laughs> okay, got upset about it. Like, Wait, what were they upset about? They were upset. They're like, oh, they would be upset if they showed this much murder of killing people of color or or immigrants. There's like, no, but white people. It's killing a lot of white people. And people are like, these are Nazis. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like one of yeah. the oldest gaming tropes. They created that trope. They made Wolfenstein. Like, th this isn't a new thing. Like, yeah, exactly. You murdered Mecha Hitler 25 years ago. Look, we Mecha have to Hitler have one villain. Is still one of my favorite bosses. Also yeah. because the animation of it is so bad that it's just like him rocking one side to one side with his Gatling guns. But yeah, Wolfenstein uh, 2 looks, it looks amazing. Yeah, so anything else from Bethesda? Um... Nothing off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I forgot about Wolfenstein. Probably because it was something that went well for Bethesda. I know Pat wanted to talk about EA, so we'll save that. Oh, we'll uh, save that, let's yeah. Talk, let's talk Sony. Sony, I think, had a pretty good E3. I don't yeah. think anything my like groundbreaking and huge, yeah. but I think they brought solid stuff. For mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they stuck to games, stuck to games that we're anticipating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they showed us more Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff, which, you know, is not going to come out until, you know, what, 10 years from now when it's another iteration <laughs> of tech. But also remember, Kingdom Hearts 3 isn't a PS4 exclusive. That is cross-platform. Yes, that was confirmed that they... Is that it's going to be coming out for the Xbox One? Yep. Um, I, I thought that uh, God of War looked really good. Um, I don't know if you guys have uh, yeah. seen any footage on that one, but they're they're taking a, a, a big like a new sort of a narrative leap and actually a new gameplay leap too. So the narrative leap is you know a much older um, Kratos in like the um, the Nordic sort of mythologies now. 
Um, he does have a son. He's trying his best to not be the rage monster that he is. So I don't know if the original trailer had his son like keep like you know fucking up basically, and him like trying to breathe and be a normal father. It's also um, gameplay wise, it's also going to be an over the shoulder third person fighting game. But it looks really good though in that respect though. It actually looks really fluid. So it looks like a normal God of War game, but instead of the over the top camera, it's more of a like in your face sort of. Uh, not so realistic, but you know what I mean, like a more third person type uh, view. Um, and it looks really good. I think it looks like it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited to look. I love Nordic mythology. I'm excited to talk, see if they talk about all the gods and Ragnarok. Those are they put the world serpent in, which is really great. Maybe they'll talk about like the dwarves that like build the pillars of the world and stuff. That kind of stuff would be really cool. Although that game looked amazing. Yeah. Well, also something they're doing new in it that's going to be interesting to see is that he actually part of the game is building alliances and having friends, and that's like, like what you said. They're going in a totally different direction with the character. So yeah. as someone that fucking loved all the God of Wars back when they came out, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Some people aren't going to be happy with it because it's not going to be the Kratos that, you know, is going to rip off your head and then, like, have sex with a serpent thing. I mean, he probably still is. He yeah. probably still is. He can't do that stuff anymore. He's a dad, you know. But I think it's cool. I mean, I, I like when games can do this, when they can be like, so this is what we were, and now this is what we want to be, and if we can do it right and it makes sense, it'll be great. So that that is my high expectation yeah. for this game, that they will show, like, Kratos finally might have learned a goddamn lesson and, like, might actually find some redemption in trying to raise his son right. Uh, but also, transitioning, other thing. I mean, I think PS4 had... They, they won the exclusives. Like, there's so many PS4 exclusives, and I'm looking at a list now, and the only PS4, or the only Xbox exclusives for this year are Fable, Cuphead, Forza 7, Super Lucky's Tale, Crackdown 3, and Conan Ex Exiles. Um, so, PS4, they have Crash Bandicoot, Final Fantasy, Zodiac Age, Pyre, Hellblade, Lawbreakers, Matterfall, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, uh, New Yakuza game, Knack 2, Nino Kuni, like a lot more games. And I think I'm that, excited yeah. that they're bringing the, the Yakuza game to the US because that's been out in Japan. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see that. Yakuza wasn't, wasn't in America. Uh, I think I think the, the the original one, like the very first one, was, and then it became a Japan exclusive for like whatever many five iterations, basically. I think Max oh, wow. is right, but um, but I wonder though how it's going to play now that we have GTA, and is it just going to be like, well, it may be a good game, but it's always going to pale in comparison to what GTA Five did. So it'll be interesting to see what it does. Yeah, it's like people comparing like Sleeping Dogs to GTA. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was going to make that comparison myself. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that was it'll be a good. good game. Hopefully. Didn't get it. Yeah. Didn't get enough attention that it deserved. No. Oh, no, what do you guys no. think about uh, Spider-Man? Uh, save that. Saving it. Oh, okay. So <laughs> now that I'm saying I'm saving a bunch of stuff, we're going to get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to go down each of us and talk about it. And, you know, there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some discussion in some of these. So since I already brought up uh, the EA press conference, and I know Pat wanted to talk about that. So, Pat, you can uh, – how about you start us off? What's your good, the bad, and the ugly? Okay, so so my good um, was going to be Monster Hunter World. All right, so for people who don't know, Monster Hunter um, was PlayStation 2 exclusive, started in Japan, uh, I think it was like early 2000s. And um, Pokemon may be popular in Japan, but Monster Hunter gives it a run for its money. Um, massively popular, especially when it was ported over to the Game Boy game, um, the handheld consoles, basically. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, Monster Hunter, it sounds exactly what it is. You are a hunter of monsters, usually hired by a small village to hunt out these gigantic 
gigantic, powerful, dangerous monsters. Um, you take a, very a litany monsters, of weapons. Right? Very unique monsters. Very unique fighting styles to each monster. I mean, you start the game fighting small, like Tyrannosaurus Rexes, and end the game fighting like legendary god dragons, basically. You hunt them down. You kill them. You harvest their body. You use their parts to make armor and weapons and fight bigger monsters. And it's just incredibly, incredibly fun. I mean, my introduction to this game was for the Wii. It was Monster Hunter Try. And um, the game, um, it wasn't perfect. There were there were problems with it, but the good outweighed the bad so much. Again, it like it's just it's so difficult and it's so much fun to actually like succeed in taking down one of these monsters. I mean, imagine every gate ga- great game you played with boss battles where you didn't want to do any of like the trash before it. That's basically Monster Hunter. And the difficulty of the battles is on par with any Dark Souls game you'll ever play. So I was incredibly excited to see Monster Hunter World because Monster Hunter had actually kind of like Yakuza not really come out in the US in years. Um, we're talking five, six years. No PlayStation 3, Xbox, uh, or um, Nintendo Wii U releases. So this is the first major console release, and it's going to be for the PlayStation, it's going to be for Microsoft, it's going to be for computer. Switch, I'm sorry, you, you got dicked again. And it looks amazing. In the original Monster Hunter games, you know, it's more about fighting the monster. You know, you, you go out, you find it, you tag it with a tracking dart in case it runs away, but really the, the whole thing is about battling. But if you saw the trailer for this game, it looks like you're truly hunting the monster. Like you're using camouflage, you're like skulking through the jungle trying to like find like traces of it. Like when you do find it, you set up traps and bait and try to like not get detected by like it can smell you or it can hear you, it can see you. And then, and once our hunter did engage the monster, um, he knew he couldn't take it on directly like he could in a normal game. So he started trying to like use the environment to his advantage. Um, in the trailer, he jumps up into the treetops and he actually like fires some rockets at some rocks that fall down and like hit the monster and the monster itself too is not like prone to just these normal attack rotations it looked like it was jumping through the forest it was pushing its way through obstacles that in a normal game would just be like oh that's just part of the environment but this time he was actually able to like squeeze through like rocks and trees i mean it looked like you were actually hunting the monster so yeah. I, I honestly, I cannot wait. Um, it's, it is a co-op game. It's designed to be played with four people and not really one person. So I'm hoping you guys buy it too and we can play it together. But I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this game. I've been waiting a very long time for this. So that's my good. My good, um, I, I, I don't think it was a specific game. Uh, I'm just going to talk conferences in general. Um, so I think, like I said before, PS4 had a great conference. They showed a lot of exclusive games. But I think... That's nothing new. I think they're just cementing where they've been in the exclusive battle between them and Xbox. So they're just doing what they're doing, putting out good games and still consistently kicking Xbox asses. Dropping their nuts on them. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> but that's what that's what, that's what what Sony does. And I'm glad to see that they did it again. Um, so th- that's kind of what I've, I was expecting. But what I wasn't expecting is Nintendo to come out and put out all the games that they did for switch i think it was necessary i think what they did i mean so they're putting out a new mario game they're putting out a new yoshi game they're not they announced metroid prime 4 um they're putting they announced that they're doing uh, a standalone pokemon rpg they announced pokemon um stadium for switch splatoon 2 they showed splatoon off Splatoon 2 fire emblem um, i think right yeah yeah skyrim <laughs> <laughs> technically you're right they did talk about it in there. Yeah. In there. yeah 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 it's ridiculous. but it looks like they're actually starting to 
put good games on it. And all of these games look super unique. So like Yoshi was like, it's almost like Paper Mario, but Yoshi. Um, Super Mario Odyssey is like this open world Super Mario game with a talking with hat dinosaurs. with dinosaurs that you turn into a frog. I don't, it kind of confuses me. And it looks like some, like what, Miyamoto took a bunch of drugs and then was like, let's make the hat alive. Um, <laughs> but that oh, don't, don't forget about Mario and, and rabbits. What is that? I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see that? You know, like of oh, the raving rabbits back in the like early stages of the Wii. For some reason, Miyamoto was like, guys, I have an idea. Let's combine Mario and the rabbits. But wait, but wait, it gets better. We're going to give Mario the gun from Metroid, and we're going to make it what? an XCOM, like, like a tabletop game. I'm not kidding. Leo, you got to watch the video, man. It looks amazing. It's, it's basically like a small squad strategy game, and Mario has a gun. Also, watch the conference, because it's cringeworthy. It is so <laughs> awkward. Miyamoto and I forget he's one of the developers on the American side came out and they're showing this game and Miyamoto comes out with like a replica of the gun that he's using and they're like oh what you got there and Miyamoto in his very bo- broken English is like oh it's a it's a gun from the game and he's like I brought you one <laughs> they're just kind of standing on stage with these ga- with these like they look like Nerf guns talking about this game. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, I apologize for interrupting, Leo. Amazing. No, it's okay. Also, there's a new Kirby game. Um, yeah, yeah. Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, there's new Zelda DLC that's like new like story and content. Um, First they, time ever for Zelda. Yeah, they, they announced a new Metroid game for 3DS. Um I, they're doing a lot of good things. My only worry about Nintendo is what Nintendo... It's a problem Nintendo's had for a long time, and it's their manufacturing of their ability to keep up demand for the Switch. I mean, it's how long has it been out now? Like three months, two months, something like that? And they're still sold out everywhere. Yeah, so that's I, true. I hope before... I mean, it, it's really not that far away, Christmas. So for you guys that don't know... Uh, I work in engineering and product development and six months away for like product development, they have to start manufacturing those like now to be in order to keep up with demand for December. And uh, I I don't know if they can do that because I mean, remember when like the Wii came out, they had a really hard time keeping up with demand for the Wii for like a year. But I, I think they're putting out good games and I think, uh, developer, uh, third-party developers are starting to want to develop more for the Switch because they see that it's actually a successful unit. My boss at work has a Switch, and we we traveled um, for I was traveling for work for for about a week, and he was just like playing Zelda on the plane and like in taxis and stuff. And there's yeah. there's huge merit to it. It's, it's just I, I wish I could buy one, but it, John Mayer is a big fan of it. There it is, John Mayer. Say no more. So yeah, so my good kind of is piggybacking off of what you're saying. Uh, I, I think, like what you said, Sony did what they needed to. What I liked was in their conference when they talked about the new Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man looks amazing. I have loved every Spider-Man game. Well, I love Spider-Man. All the games aren't great. <laughs> the last good, I mean, Web of Shadows came out and the mid o's that was a solid game it was buggy as hell but i it was fun you had that web you know swinging ability going through new york then what ultimate spider-man on the gamecube where you could play it was cel-shaded the game was dope the game was so dope 
it was the precursor for the Hulk game that came out after that. It used the same kind of engine because Venom, you you play, were able to switch between Venom and Spider Man. So I've always been a fan of uh, Spider Man video games dating back to like what Maximum Carnage on the Genesis. Still have never beaten that game. The game's fucking hard. Yeah, it's very difficult. Considered one of the hardest games. Yeah. But the new Spider Man <clears throat> looks really good. Um, they were showing in game footage. It already looks like a pretty polished game. I guess at this point they're just adding nice layers of paint on it. When's it coming um, out next year? I believe 2018. So it's not far off. But I, I, it showed a lot of really cool stuff. It showed interesting game mechanics. Uh, something I really liked about it that fits the mythos of Spider-Man is you can't kill anyone. You can't like punch someone off a building and then they fall and they die. So yeah, I saw that they like hit somebody off a building and like I I don't I wasn't sure if that was the con- the um player controlling it, but Spider Man like webbed him and pulled him back, so he just was <laughs> unconscious. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Now you know it's still in a superhero world, so getting hit with a steel girder doesn't kill you. <laughs> I mean, oh, that so- that that does nothing. It just knocks you out. It's a it's so it's just a Home Alone New York. Yeah, it's Home Alone, New York. Yeah, paint yeah. cans and, and uh, <laughs> electrocution. And, and, and thank God they fall straight down, and when the web hits them, they don't swing into the the, uh, the concrete building, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anywho, the the game looks really pretty. The it looks like it has solid voice acting. <clears throat> I'd have to look up who the voice actors are. It looks like it's bringing a new storyline that hasn't been done in the comics before, which I really like when superhero games do that because they can be really good or they can be really bad. I mean, there's a lot of evidence of it going really it's poorly like, as well. The guy's name, Mr. Negative. What? Yeah, I think that's like the, the new... like uh, the main villain? Yeah, his name is Mr. Negative. Yeah. He just constantly, he just constantly berates you and says, I don't, why don't you put yourself in more effort? You, you could clean your room. Exactly. You could be better looking. Well, I also... Something that they were unsure of um, when they announced the game was who was going to be the Spider-Man, whether it was going to be Peter Parker or Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man that was added in the Ultimate Universe. Who is it? It's Spider-Man that they showed is Peter Parker. However, at the end of the trailer, they showed Miles Morales as like just a kid. So uh, they're existing in a sim in the same universe, which has not existed in a or has not existed well in a comic. So it, it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited. All right, uh, I, that's going to be pretty. That should be a day one purchase for me. Well, I mean, all that stuff sounds great, but unfortunately, we got to talk about what we didn't like about this conference. I think. Before we do that, can we talk about Anthem since we all like oh, Anthem? Oh yeah, please, let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Anthem was looking uh, cool. Anthem, so that's uh, Bioware's new IP. It's running in the Frostbite engine. It looks really fucking pretty. The, basically, the concept of it is it's RPG kind of elements. It's a fantasy RPG where you're in these mech suits. You're essentially uh, Iron Man, and you're running around these beautiful locales. The trailer for it is amazing. There's a, the the gameplay that they showed of him, the the character running through this jungle is really cool because there's so much detail in it. It just looks like the game that Destiny was trying to be. It trying to be that expansive open world RPG with online elements. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks gorgeous. It um, if that if what they were marketing as in game footage was actually in game footage, 
I don't know. It looks gorgeous. And it like, yeah, what Max said, it, it looks like what Destiny was supposed to be. So Destiny is a first-person shooter, and this is in third-person, um, but it has all those elements of, it looks like, like raids, like missions with people, but you can, like, bring your friends in. So I, I want to see how it transitions um, campaign events with um, multiplayer um, elements in it. Because I think that's something... I mean, I didn't play Destiny. I played, like, early Destiny. So you guys would have a better, like, explanation of what Destiny's doing now. But I know, in the, at least in the beginning, they had a hard time with that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing we saw... And again, we can't tell too much because of one trailer. But uh, my biggest problem with the original Destiny was that it was just kind of empty. There really weren't any NPCs. I mean, early on in Destiny... I mean, yes, you had Nathan Fillion doing the voice of Cade, and you had some other voice actors in there, but it, there really was no life to the game. I mean, you didn't have a voice. Nobody wanted to listen to Dinklebot. And none of the characters in your home base would really talk or have dialogue options, and it was just the worlds were empty. There were no NPCs out in the world whatsoever. So this looks like it has life to it. You know, the first part of the game has you going through a bazaar of people talking, people doing trades. Someone comes up to you. The um, the facial capturing on the character actually was pretty good, I thought. Not yeah. great, but pretty good. You, act, you know, have great voice acting back and forth. You show up to a point where you have to actually get inside of your suit, which I think is a really nice touch there. I hope that's part of the game of you not just being able to hit a button where you have to actually like go that's to your suit. It is. Yeah, it is. yeah. So it just it's 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 the life that was missing from Destiny, is which is the reason they had to do a lot of changes to Destiny. I think over its development, and like Max says, this is what I think Destiny really wanted to be, but they just they put too much money into it, and it was taking too long, and they just had to put a product out there, or their investors were going to kill them. So I'm I'm looking I'm really looking forward to this game as well. This is probably a day one for me. Um, yeah, and I really hope that we all and our friends can play. And like we said, like those are there's going to be dungeons, raids, events type things like Destiny does. So it it should be good for us as a group play not just a solo play yeah it, it looks really pretty and i think something that stood out to me along with all the other features that we've talked about is that you're not locked into the suit that you have uh the suits are yeah. essentially going to be the classes and there's different types of suits and you can have more than one suit that you can use you can only bring one with you because you're in the suit but <laughs> I, I think that's going to be a interesting touch of a game mechanic so because i know there's, pl there's plenty of times in destiny where i'm like leveling up my warlock or titan or someone or my hunter and no, I'm, I'm not who am i kidding no one plays a hunter so and then i'm like i really want to play like another class but i don't feel like leveling it up so i think it's a cool aspect so that's anthem you know it looks like they're learning how to use the frostbite engine a lot more which is what Mass Effect Andromeda runs on, and an article recently came out about how fucked up that production was, and apparently a lot of it was they didn't know how to use the Frostbite engine. Well, yeah, but it was real, it's relatively new, right? The Frostbite engine's been around. It's one of the newer engines. It isn't like, you know, Unreal, which is on its, like, a millionth iteration. But yeah, it's one of the newer uh, gaming engines, It and it has the capability to be really awesome. But it also has a lot of complexities to it. This was explained to me by someone that's I know that uses it. Yeah. The first game that was that utilized uh, Frostbite was Battlefield Bad Company. Oh, yes. okay, okay. So it's not so it's not that new then. All right. Relatively, in the in, in the sense of like gaming engines. I mean, the Quake and Unreal engines have been around since 1995. So let's get into uh, the bad. I mean, can I start this one because I know this is going to be a source of contention. Absolutely. So Leo's. Good was the Nintendo conference. My bad is the Nintendo conference. 
Not because they did anything bad. I mean, every, they, they put out these games that look really exciting, and I'm I'm excited to see what they are, but it's another fucking in, in Nintendo conference where they're like, look, sure. we're, we're dragging our pimp out. Mario, can you bring some money for us? Oh, uh, it's like, okay, I get it. There's going to be a Mario game. There's going to be a Metroid game. Well, no, Metroid I'm actually really excited for because that is definitely Nintendo's like dark horse that they don't bring out a lot. So, but I, I just wasn't, it was cool. I didn't think it was, it was special in the sense that it was the first one for the Switch, but if the, if the Switch wasn't out, they would have put those same games out on the Wii U. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just, yeah. I thought that they needed to have one conference like this, where they just launched some games. Because when the Switch launched, man, like from a technical standpoint, from a hardware standpoint, it was great. But all it really had was Zelda. And everyone was like, well, this is really cool. And yes, I will buy it for Zelda. But what else are you going to give me? And they were kind of silent for months. I mean, months and months. And this was them saying, like, okay, look, we know. You want games. Here's games. So I, I think this was more a necessity than anything else. They just had to drag out all their franchise games. They had to show there's going to be a lineup over the next year or so. They want to get people peppered and ready for, like, you know, Leo was saying, for the holiday season. I, I think if if next E3 you don't see anything innovative, I'm 100% with you, Max, then it's bullshit. But I think this was just, it was a hard necessity for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. But, like, I'm just tired of Nintendo sometimes. But at the same time, Max, like, PS4 almost, like, did that to, to some extent. I mean, they announced uh, God of War. God of War has been a franchise thing for a long time. It's, this is the new. fourth God of War game. This is the, like, 30th Mario game. There's a difference, Leo. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, like, the, a lot. there's a lot of sequels and a lot of things coming out. But I think comparing Nintendo to Xbox and Sony is a little short-sighted. I mean... It, no, I know. It it just, we've it had just, this discussion yeah, before. But, I, like, what Pat said, uh, Nintendo had to do this. And I think, I mean, it's you can't compare the two. I, the Switch... I, Nintendo and Switch are catering towards a family play style and play system. And the games that they released, I think, were look amazing and look like... I mean, they're very... Everything is Super Nintendo, but I don't think that's a bad thing. And uh, until third-party developers jump on, I think you're going to see a lot... You're going to have a lot of the same complaints. But I think Nintendo is also kind of pigeonholing themselves in that by releasing some weird hardware. But I think now, I mean, Bethesda, I mean, as much shit as they're getting for it, they released Skyrim for Switch. And I think we're going to see more third-party developers developing for this. So once we see that, I think they're going to maybe start competing. I'm all, with the other I'm all for it. Yeah. You're all jumping down my throat. No, no, no. no. I, I don't disagree with you, Max. And, and you know what? There were some games we didn't see that I did want to see. It was like, where's Dark Cloud 3? Okay? Dark Cloud 2 was game of the year when it came out. You haven't made a third one yet, but you're putting out another Mario game. Like, you have a proven commodities in some of these titles. Dark Cloud is a Nintendo. Dark Cloud is a Nintendo IP. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That is, that's PlayStation. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I played one. It's been years since we've been able to actually play a new one. So you're right. I, I want to get angry over something completely unrelated. <laughs> Where's Dark Cloud Three? You know That's true. I just wanted to put it out there. Where the hell is Dark Cloud Three? Okay, there. Mission accomplished. Yeah, it's with uh, the new Duke Nukem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, um, Leo, do you want to go with your bed? Sure. My bed was Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a fucking Assassin's Creed game. 
In Egypt. In Egypt. I guess you're talking about the origins of the assassins. I have it up right here. It is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th, 11th. It is the 11th Assassin's Jesus Creed Christ. game. <laughs> is Assassin's oh Creed 10 years old yet? Assassin's Creed came out in yeah. 2007. So this is the 7th. It's exactly 10 years old. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I remember playing the first one. The first one was a lot of fun. Oh. So, I mean, it it looks like like an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, it is using the Anvil Next Engine 2.0, which they the first game to use that in the Assassin's Creed was Unity. But still, that was three years ago, and games in three years have come a long way. And when they were showing gameplay footage for Origins, it it looked bad like compared to like some of the other like next gen like games coming out like the grass textures weren't there i mean i'm being really critical but this is supposed to be like a triple a title of one of like the biggest franchises and it doesn't i don't think it looks like what a triple a title of like this magnitude should look like in 2017 and one of my big qualms with uh, Assassin's Creed in the first place, which I think I was first annoyed at was at Assassin's Creed 3. Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 I had was so much fun and I think it was difficult at times. There was you had to memorize the combos. Well, you had to memorize one was and, fucking hard at times yeah, because it, they didn't make a combat system. No, like yeah, but like the combat system was difficult. You had to like position yourself right or else you were gonna get hit in the back with the sword. Um but like after three they just made it so easy easy to kill 30 people at one time and I, I see like parts of that trickling in i haven't played like any assassin's creed since three um oh you gotta play black flag black flag's a lot of fun all right but um oh actually i think i got one of them for free when i got my uh graphics card i think i might have unity or no i have syndicate i haven't played it um syndicate's the one that they gave out for because they had they had to get rid of it (laughs) yeah whatever yeah but it just looks easy there's a new mechanic that they announced the the release that you have like you can warg like a, a hawk or something so like you can like throw this hawk up in the air and then the hawk like flies like over buildings so you can like scout out and see what's like in front of you and so like they were like marking enemies like with the hawk like it's a cool mechanic but it from the way they were using it it almost looks like you could do that whenever the hell you want to and i feel like part of assassin's creed that was like made it fun and challenging is you having to like actually climb a building and like peek down and see what was ahead of you like that was part of the difficulty of being an assassin but now it's just like oh here's me here's me throwing up my lazy hawk and just see it it, it, (laughs) lazy hawk it looks like a good game it probably has an all right story but it just looks easy Leo, what are you going to do if the hawk can do the assassinations for you? Oh, my God. If they, they're just, like, just like throwing the hawk, and then he just, like, pecks his eye out. Exactly, yeah. And it just becomes, it just becomes an Assassin's Creed aviation uh, aviary similarity. You said the hawk, yeah. Oh, Level God. up your hawk's bird Exactly. <laughs> I like how you think the story is going to be good, except that they have a giant plot hole in their series and they haven't attended to it in 10 years i said it's going to be all right i didn't say good for those that don't know the ending of assassin's creed 3 ended on a very big cliffhanger that had serious implications and they haven't addressed that it's been 
what you said this is the 11th game it's been five years five years since that came out they haven't done fucking shit for it i actually have that's not true they may have done it in syndicate i didn't play syndicate or rogue i didn't play rogue either but there's i hear one, rogue was a lot of fun rogue really yeah is that the side scroller one is it rogue or rebel it's the one that like you're an assassin that uh isn't like uh, happy with the assassin brotherhood was that the lady one was that the game that like i know there was a game that people got really mad at uh ubisoft they're like make an assassin a girl and then they made an assassin's creed next year as a girl but it was like a side-scrolling game that really wasn't assassin's creed <laughs> yeah no assassin's creed rogue it, it went under the radar because yeah. it it came out around the same time as uh, I think they released like two Assassin's Creeds at the same time. I think. Also, sorry, another thing for Assassin's Creed that is kind of annoying me is just it's just a huge marketing grab. I mean, the entire series at this point is a huge marketing grab, but this they're really playing it up as a huge marketing grab. It's like the ten year anniversary of Assassin's Creed, and there's like ten different editions. They're selling an edition for Assassin's Creed for eight hundred dollars. What? Yep. Yeah. What do you possibly do? You get an actual hawk if you buy it? <laughs> no, but apparently you get the uh, you get the game build as it's coming, which wait, I don't wait. know why anyone would want why would that. You want that? <laughs> That's not something you want. Assassin's Creed. You get a 28 inch statue with dude at the hawk, four lithographs, pre-ordered mission, naval missions, season pass, official soundtrack. It looks like a CD, a steel book maps and art cards and art book a premium eagle skull amulet <laughs> <laughs> and they will actually kill someone for you if you ask them yeah you get one assassination one assassination yeah yeah jeez eight hundred dollars wow that's that's something it's just ridiculous that it's a something. huge money grab but that statue does look good oh i'm, I'm on i'm on forbes's website and they're listing all this stuff and they're um <laughs> there's like um details on the pictures so there's three pictures the different views of the statue and one's of his face and says there are great details in the statue and then the second picture is like a, a, a vertical view looking down on the hawk and it says a very beautiful eagle <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> oh god forbes has weirdly become a uh, a video game like news powerhouse it kind of like it kind of happened suddenly but they actually do have some really good articles on there i would say even rivaling sports man yeah kotaku Wu-Tang. and, uh, and Wu-Tang the best yeah, it's strange. Controls everything around me. Exactly, it's weird. That's like Forbes' new function, but but um, yeah. So uh, my bad. Um, I, I think we can all pretty much agree it was the entirety of EA's conference. God, e- EA's it. conference from start to finish. I mean, it was a disaster. And you know aside, what? I, go ahead. Aside from Anthem. Uh, except for Anthem, that's true, obviously. But but um, but uh, I think that they they just their their failures of their own success. You know, they they put out these games that they know will sell, they are actually pretty good games. So they don't ever actually put in, I think, the effort necessary to have a good conference. Uh, so some things that went wrong, horribly wrong. First off, the people that they had uh, working the actual conference as sort of MCs, they went out and they got a bunch of like YouTube personalities to do it. And I don't think they understood that like the YouTube personalities, they're not the same thing as professional MCs. Like there are, if you watch the videos, they, they, they don't even know how to read off of like a cue card or a prompter to just for a script, basically. It was like weird, awkward silences. And you could tell that they like maybe weren't even fans of video games per se, didn't really know what they were talking about. And it just felt like it felt very, a very surreal, strange experience. Um, 
And then they also follow that up with a lot of their own like developers and a lot of their own industry people from their company who just aren't very charismatic and just didn't really know what they were doing. I mean, the number one for me was his name as a Joseph Forrest. He was premiering what actually looks like a pretty cool game called A Way Out, and I'm not gonna get to the whole spiel about it, but if you check it out, it does look kind of that interesting as an really action cool, game. Actually. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a two-player game, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a two-player two game, and yeah. it has some connections with cinematics and gameplay and choice, and looks really cool. But the guy that this—he's the main developer for it. And I get that English is not his first language would be the thing you would most point to, but he really just blundered through it. It looks like he didn't prepare what he was going to say ahead of time. He was like really incoherent. He like tried to end his segment of it and then restart his segment of it for some reason. And it just was like, it just looks very sloppy and very unprofessional. And so, you're, you're, you're EA, you're a billion dollar company. You, you can't, you can't have a sloppy and, and you're going up against, you know, powerhouses like Bethesda and Sony that do know what they're doing. You know, I, I, I think that a lot of it was like, they tried to throw a lot of flair in, into the whole conference. They do things like they had a drumline come out and play before the EA Play and the Madden game, everyone wearing um, football jerseys. They had Stormtroopers come out before Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, which is kind of ironic, I guess, with EA, considering it was the worst company in America for a couple of years. It, it just it seems like the things that be like, oh, that sounds like a cool idea without actually like thinking it through and thinking, does this actually like add anything to the experience? Yeah, but I think that's like EA in general right now. Like at the same, like, I love video games, and I uh, I love watching the conference, but a lot of like the bullshit and theatrics, I really don't care for. And they just they they just make so much money now as a like as a company. I mean, as a industry that like they just, just like flamethrowers and Porsches and like like flashy flashy buy now. But it's like I I just want to see the video games, and I don't really know who yeah, they're appealing. Yeah, I, 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 who are yeah. they appealing to by like showing all this stuff? Because like for the most part, like the average video game person like doesn't care about that shit. I think. But the, but here's the thing though. I I do think though that the other companies put in things into their performance that do add value and make it kind of interesting. So the example I was going to bring up was that for Horizon Zero Dawn, there's a new DLC coming out called The Frozen Wilds. So in the auditorium, without drawing any attention to it or doing anything special, they just had fake snow start to fall from the ceiling, and then they slowly brought up the trailer in which you see fake snow for the trailer, and then it gets into the whole you know she's going into the north to to hunt these monsters and go to this volcanic mountain, and there's snow everywhere and you have to manage your heat levels. But that like little touch right there, like that was well thought through. That added to the gameplay that they were highlighting, didn't detract from it. And I think that EA just is always trying to detract from their games and, and with these weird theatrics. And it's just, I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, they have to find real MCs going forward. You have to find actual professionals. Um, do the professionals have to like gaming? No. If they do, that's a bonus. But I would rather see somebody that can like read a crowd and keep the thing, performance going and hit their cues and speak their lines than just seeing someone who's like an awkward yet like, you know, excited, awkward gamer try to do it. I wouldn't pick any of their developers anymore except for maybe their CEO who actually was pretty good in the beginning. I, I just think they need to make it not so sloppy anymore. And, the, and just the last thing about it was, I don't know if you watched the Battlefront live play demo, but it was a disaster. A disaster. I mean, the pacing it was so ridiculous. It's like they wanted to show what it was like to play the game live, but they didn't. They didn't remember that like you're not playing it; you're just watching. So there were all of these quick cuts, and and they were trying to explain like what the new classes do and what the new systems are and what the new power up system is. And they were like, okay, well now we're in a droid, and this droid is a sniper droid. And before the person could finish their sentence, they'd be onto the next class. They'd be onto the next class. Then they'd fly up into the sky and show the dogfights. 
amazing, right? Do you think they'd want to show dogfights for at least two minutes, explain how it works? No. Three seconds of that, then back down to the ground. And then it got to the point at the end of the game, so basically throughout the game, instead of finding random power-ups on the field, kind of weirdly, awkwardly, you just build up points based on your performance, and then you use those points to buy cool stuff in-game. So, like, everyone saves up their points, and at the end, you buy hero classes. Well, people were buying heroes, and they were dying before the camera even got to them. So there's a, there's a video, it's so funny, you see Han Solo it, it dead in a hallway, and they're like, oh, well, there goes Han Solo. And I was like, but I wanted to know about Han Solo. I wanted to know. I mean, you saw a lot of Darth Maul, I guess, but it just, it, it was, wasn't choreographed very well. It, it wasn't performed very well. It should have just been canned. I know that they wanted to make it look realistic, but it should have just been a choreographed fight, and they knew exactly how long they were going to have with each with each class to see, you know, explain it good enough, basically, to understand it, and got to promo the cool uh, character classes, and you could have done more with the sound and everything, and it was just, it was a disaster. And I hope they don't do that ever again, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, so... To rewind a little bit, I want to talk about weird stage theatrics. Did you guys see the live demo for the di- the new PS4 game, Days Gone? No. no. So that game looks really cool. For you guys that don't know, it's like a post-apocalyptic game. You follow like a biker guy. It looks pretty cool. There's zombies and shit. But there was a point in the demo that... I don't know if it was a live demo or they're just showing gameplay footage, but your main character was like looking for his friend and he was walking down this wooded section and then all of a sudden like some like zombies that were in like traps fall from the like from trees and they're like dangling and trying to like grab him and he kills him but at the same time that happens there's like actors on stage hanging the same way that those zombies were upside down just thrashing on stage it was just so bizarre just like okay what did that add that was kind of creepy and maybe like for the people that were attending it it would it's like a cool bit of ambiance but just like it was it was a really quick cutaway from where how they aired it online because they were showing the gameplay they showed that thrashing and then they like dual screened it so you saw the thrashing online on stage. It was really weird. But Pat, it, it sounds like your your problem with EA isn't necessarily the games, but just how they oh. presented themselves no, with the at games were great. All yeah. the games that they promote, including Star Wars Battlefront, I could see through the BS and know that it's going to be a fun game because it's going to be really different than other shooters. And sure. the um, the other game we talked about, what was it? A Way Out, the Madden game, the new basketball game. They redid the whole engine and style for it. Everything looked really good. It was just the bullshit that went along with it. It was terrible. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But that's, I mean, this isn't new about EA. EA has hasn't had good e3 conferences in years absolutely they don't give a shit they, they print money yeah, they, they print care. money and that's the problem they print money so that they're not pushed to ever be better at it and we're gonna have the same thing next year with weird bizarre choices hell they bring the new sports games every year and they're like this is the year that they look even more real we're gonna see the nfl's players uh get their brains like mashed it to you <laughs> what, what's the condition called cte yeah 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 cet yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, when you go have a, a a brain condition meter to it, so it's so real. I mean, like, no one gives a shit. They're gonna Wait, buy. Did Madden. they really add that into Madden? No, no. Oh, well, they will now. Now, now, now that you said it, now they will because they listen to this podcast. That's hilarious. So let's talk about the ugly. So my the ugly I touched up on earlier, but is really Xbox's choice to launch the Xbox One X. I don't understand that console. So for you guys, they know that now I am a PC gamer. 
I am pretty pretentious with PC gaming, but I get the appeal of consoles. I get consoles. People, they don't want to put the effort in. They think it's a lot of money to get a PC. They just want to spend $250 and get games that are easy to play and just sit on your couch. I totally get that. However, I think the main console gamer doesn't give a shit about 60 frames a second, and they don't give a shit about uh, like high-resolution 4K graphics. For one... Nobody has a 4K TV. It's that has not been like mainstay TVs yet. Like people are just now starting to buy them, and the fact that they are launching this console for twice the twice the amount of money as a normal Xbox One with no real exclusives to force people into buying that console, I don't understand the marketing strategy behind that. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I just it seems like a very strange choice. It seems like a money grab, to be honest. For sure. But I don't understand who they're trying to appeal. Like, I get it if they launched that a year after Xbox One came out. But it's we're in, like, the third year of next-gen, or fourth year of next-gen, almost. And everybody that wants an Xbox has an Xbox. Everybody that has a PS4 has a PS4. Somebody that's already spent $300 on a console isn't going to be like, oh, I need a $500 new console to play the same exact game. It's a, it's a weird decision, and I think it's going to bite him in the ass. Yeah. And I don't remember them coming out and saying like, oh, we made a groundbreaking technological jump in, you know, graphics cards or anything like that. So it's not like there's something like happened that suddenly would spark this interest in it, right? No, no. They they came out with like these really buzzwordy words that even nobody in like PC gaming really gives a shit about. There were like 161 teraflops of like computing power. Just like that means nothing to people. And 1.21 gigawatts of power. Seriously, it doesn't mean anything. And like I saw a meme uh, online and it, it was explaining the difference between Xbox uh, E3 and Nintendo at E3. And it was like Xbox, oh, 4K resolutions at 161 teraflops. And then there's just like really like dull faced people in the crowds. And then <laughs> Nintendo, if you put a hat on a frog, you become the frog. And then people were just like screaming and cheering. <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> I become the frog. <laughs> I think for the most part, this is a huge like exaggeration, but I think console gamers much rather they, they care about uh, is the game approachable? Can I play with my friends? And is it easy to understand? Do I have to like, I don't want to worry about like switching up like with settings and messing around with like whatever. They just want it to be easy. And I think they played the Xbox One at 4K way too early. I think that should be like next year or two years from now. And I think that's honestly worthy of another whole like generation. Because it's we're in this weird in-between where 4K is really hard to make. In the next two years, graphics card are going to be able to do it. 4K TVs are going to be, like, standard at that point. It, yeah. We're just at a weird in-between. and it, the, the, yeah, I don't know. And and you, we don't know what's going to happen with VR technology. I mean, we you you might, you know, you're going to say the 4K TVs are going to be popular, and then you might not even play games on TVs anymore. Yeah, we're going to play them directly in our heads. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, my ugly were a bunch of these, like, little-known games that, like, you know, you wouldn't play. One that came across that i was like who the fuck pitched this it's a game called plague tale it looks like it's set during the bubonic plague back in the medieval ages like apparently these rats are like vicious and able to rend the flesh from your skin it looks like a horror game and the main characters are kids i'm just like really confused about it i don't know what the fuck the game is about 
other than rats. There's a lot of rats in the trailer. Do you get to play as the rats? No, I don't think so. Maybe it was just the amount of rats that made me like, what the fuck? Why do we need these waves of rats? It was like, you know, in like horror movies where there's like rats or bugs and they come in like those waves over each other because they're trying to get you. It was like, it was like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I hope it's not an EA game because I would hate to see a bunch of rats released on stage as one of their theatrics. Working it up now. Because <laughs> they'd do something like that. They would do something like that. It's like Oprah. You get a rat. You get exactly. a rat. Like we're, we're happy to announce this new game. They open a cage and just locusts just fly out and attack the crowd. I'm like, I don't understand why people didn't like it. We thought it would be great. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it was yeah, it's like an indie developer. I don't know. It looks like an indie developer. I, it just stuck out because I was like, I don't get the rats. Too many rats. Yeah, I get the rats. But I, like, watch the trailer. You'll see it. And you're like, what the fuck is going on in this game? Anyway, that was my ugly. Not as big as Leo's. Uh, well, my ugly, um, it, it's that game uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. And again, I, you know, I'm not saying it's ugly because I don't think it's going to be good. But it's just, I was thinking about the original Beyond Good and Evil. And it's kind of like the game everyone knows about and talks about that nobody ever played. Um, so, like, the background is that the original Good and Evil came out in 2003, critically acclaimed, commercial failure. Um, it supposedly had a really, really good story. It had really good um, art design, direction, graphics. Um, it looks – I went back and looked at some video today, and it looks like – it looks like kind of what you see with the Telltale series today back in 2003. So back, imagine you jump back to 2003. That's pretty damn impressive to look like that. Um, but the gameplay itself, I guess, was not that great. And God, I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. And it's just, I don't ever remember anybody ever actually playing it. So I'm not sure why there's this like sudden urge and of people who want to get this new sequel. Now, the trailer was really cool. I don't know if you make sure you guys have watched it. Anyone listening hasn't watched it. Um, it had this monkey character trying to do a deal with this pig character and he, betrays him spoilers um and then basically it ends up being like a, a chase scene through what's kind of like a combination of like indian religious architecture and like modern futuristic you know flying cars and holograms and stuff and it just looked it did look amazing it, it looked like the uh universe of um the fifth element but instead yeah. of being in like new york city it was in india yeah exactly yeah and uh yeah so i i you know and the game has been in development for a long time. Um, you can actually go and find original concept arts from uh, 2009 and 2011. Um, so when I think about this game, I get worried it might have a little bit of the Duke Nukem risk on it, where it's just languished in development for so long. We keep getting updates, keep getting updates. It finally gets released. And because it took so long to develop and the gaming market changed so much, that it's actually going to flop. But um, I don't know. It's just, again, just a weird cult following game that everyone seems to love. Nobody's really played. There's no more information on it. We wait for another three EAs before we get another trailer on it. We'll actually come out in a couple of years. Not really sure. Just kind of a bizarre game. Yeah, I think a yeah. lot of the, the hype behind the game is because it has been in development so long. And, like, I think in 2008 they released like the first like trailer yeah. for it yeah, and they then like people it was a big deal yeah and exactly. the people yeah. were excited because they thought the trailer looked good and then it's just been so long so people are like what happened to that game so i don't think they're really hyped to play the game i think the hype is built on hype itself which which unfortunately i think would make it fail though then wouldn't you think for sure yeah it's it's gonna it's set up to fail it'd have to be amazing not but yeah i mean i think there's someone wrote an article about this as well saying 
that the uh, what they showed in that trailer in E3 in what 2008 or before this one that game doesn't even exist anymore <laughs> yeah so yeah they've said that the game is now like it's a brand new game yeah they've had to start from scratch a couple times which isn't you know that's not it's not great to hear but yeah yeah i mean i mean i probably won't play it i didn't play the first one i will look and see what everyone is doing my dog is bothering me she's being a dog uh... There she is. We're wondering where Bonnie yeah. was gonna pop up. She is uh looking at me um in between my legs and like looking up being like, Daddy, what's up? <laughs> um but anyway, Bonnie, would you play Beyond Good and Evil? Wag your tail if you would. No. God, no. Bonnie's oh, not she's, played it. She's snort oh, she's snorting at it. She's oh, like, No, I'm not doing it. So oh no. Oh, oh there you go. Good sneeze. <laughs> Hope yeah, that, I hope that hope that picked it up. Yeah. I don't. I just don't think anyone's really going to play it. To be honest, it'll be another critical success, commercial failure, and then we'll get good Beyond Good and Evil three in twenty fifty two. But speaking about, and I forgot to bring this up. Um, sorry to jump in. Jump no, no. in. We're going to wrap up soon. Um, speaking about like smaller games that are cult followings that are amazing, Shadow of the Colossus remake mm. was released, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it looks phenomenal. But it's just the original Shadow of Colossus game, it looks like. But completely rebuilt. It's like a brand new game, though. So, like, it looks like the level design is new, but it's the same bosses. Okay, I mean, and, and, and in that sense, it probably will be very good. I, I worry that, again, it's just, a, it's just a much better remake, where it would have been cool if they had picked, you know, 10 new bosses and a new story. You know what I mean? But go, go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's exciting, because Shadow of the Colossus was a very intriguing game back when it came out. What was that, like 2005? 2006, around that time. It was out for PS2, so probably PS2. earlier than that. Uh, so yeah, 2004 probably. Uh, 2005, yeah. Killing it. So I'm. I mean, I hope it's not a full price game because it, you know, it definitely isn't worth sixty dollars, even if it is brand new. But I'm excited for that. I, I forgot to mention that. I'm really jazzed. But anywho, uh, so now that we've gone through. Our good, the bad, and the ugly of E3 2017. Guys, do you have any like final thoughts you want to say? Anything that we didn't discuss? No. I mean, again, I was overall, I was impressed with E3. I mean, we talk about our criticisms, but I think that ultimately I saw a lot of really good games. Um, I saw a lot of, you know, middling hardware choices. But ultimately, I think that the 2018, at least the holiday season, should be a good buy season. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Pat. There wasn't anything super groundbreaking. There was a couple cool new IPs, um, but I think everybody was is just trying to stay afloat right now and keep hype for some of these games alive. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for some things I haven't, I didn't talk about. Uh, there's a new Nino Kuni game coming out, and for you guys that don't know that game, it's uh, Sony exclusive, and it's using the same artists from the Studio Ghibli. Uh, so it's the people oh, yeah. that, that made like My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away. So those artists, it's it's that art style, but in a video game, but it looks like that art style. So excited about that. Um, there's a new Metro game coming out. It's like an open world Metro game, and that looks great. Um, did you play the last Metro game? Apparently it was actually really good. Yeah, but it's apparently both games are really good. And I didn't know, but they're like written about like books that just came out like in the past like 10 years. It's like oh, really? this like, yeah, it's about this like this Russian expat made these games, made these 
books and they turned them About into the US being owned. <laughs> but um there's also uh what's it called? Um there's a game coming out uh for PS4 called Matterhorn. No, that's the uh, Matter Hall. Uh, hold up one sec. While uh, Leo's finding that, just one thing I wanted to say one more time before Max goes, there's a game that they promote called Agony, and if you feel like having nightmares, just go watch the trailer for it, because it looks horrifying. Like, utterly, someone took drugs and then died and went to hell and explored it's, and uh, drugs. I would say it's a mixture between Silent Hill and uh, a Cronenberg game. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, like, I watched that and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with YouTube for the night and just went to bed. I just, it was terrifying, so... So uh, the game I was talking about was it's called Matterfall, and okay. it's uh, it's available for pre-order now. It's like twenty bucks on the PS4 uh, store, um, but it's like a side-scrolling uh, game. It, if you guys remember, there's a game for 360. Epic put it out called uh, Shadow Complex. Yeah, Shadow Complex. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it looks very similar to that, but it's made by the same people that made Resogun. So it's it's very quick, action-paced, and there's like a lot of lights blowing up at the same time. Um, check it out. It looks pretty cool uh, for what it is. So there's just like a lot of those small games that kind of go under the radar that I think are, are going to be really great games. Also, before we end, I think there are some things missing from E3 that I was I was really wanted to see. Uh, my top three were Death Stranding, the new Kojima game. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. There was nothing there. I was really surprised. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Nothing from The Last of Us 2. Uh, I okay was very upset about that. And I'm, I'm... No, nothing from Rockstar. They announced Red Dead Redemption okay. last fall, but they, we haven't seen anything since. That, to me, tells me both those games are 2019 games then, probably, and we'll see them in next E3, I imagine. Yeah. Well, you never say that. Remember, Fallout 4 wasn't brought to E3, and then Bethesda <sighs> announced it like after E3, and they're like, hey, it's coming out in a couple months. That's true. Maybe. Do you I think, don't think Naughty Dog would do that, though. But do you think that with some of the failures of like No Man's Sky and like some other like overly hyped games developers are starting to realize that they don't want to like bring too much hype into a game. Uh, I, I mean, I think they realize that. Yeah. But that's a conversation for, I don't want to, that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. The one thing I'll say about that is I think that bigger developers don't care as much because they feel they have the marketing to sway public opinion while smaller people, smaller companies, I think have to worry about that a lot and won't be bringing these games until they're done. So cool. Anyone got anything else? No, man. Nah. Well, so you guys uh, got anything to plug before we go on this journey to wind down? Uh, I do have one game, actually, I've been playing. I know we didn't get to talk about before we started the thing, but I do think it's really fun. Um, it's called Oxygen Not Included. It's on Steam. It's on sale for this weekend, um, but obviously this will be after this weekend, so it doesn't matter. But um, really fun game. You basically play sort of like a base building game. You're on this meteorite. You have to manage oxygen levels and water levels and the environment and food and stress levels. And it's it's kind of hard to describe, but I would advise if anybody's looking for a game, it's a fun game to play, one you could pick up and put down easily, Oxygen Not Included. I would give it a try yeah recently uh, i've been playing a lot of overwatch again i've been playing uh majora's mask on 3ds but i will plug if you guys are playing competitive overwatch use your microphones use your <laughs> microphones use your microphones My using mics wins and loses lose games also if uh you're a symmetra um and you guys are like down to nothing uh don't run in by yourself uh and die uh, I had a, 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 I didn't do too well this morning, and it was due to that Symmetra. So I'm just, I'm still a little salty about that. Um, but yeah, use your microphones when playing competitive Overwatch. Thumbs up. 
as far as games, I'm you know I'm still trucking along with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Once I finish that, I have a whole slew of things I'm playing. But uh, you know, aside from games, you should go to play. Uh, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, like us on Facebook. We're at Red Button Blue Button. You can follow us on Twitter at, at RB3 Podcast. You can also email us if you are like, hey, I want to talk about some stuff. Maybe we'll talk about some stuff. That's rb3podcast at gmail.com. So, you know, thank you guys. Whether this is your first episode or you're, you know, you've been with us since episode one and you, you know, you, I guess you like us because that's cool. If you, if you, if you guys feel like it, you could always rate us on iTunes. Uh, apparently that actually means a lot where, you know, we're not here for the, 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 the glory. We should just here for the guts, I guess. But I'm here you know, for that, the glory. Cool. Leo's here for the glory. I want all the glory. Uh, we all want, the, want me some glory hole. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put that on a loop for five minutes for the end well, of the I show. Mean, okay. For those that don't know, that's a that that's a reference to the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones saying that in a press conference. Yeah, mm. sure, Max. Sure, sure Max. It is. Look it up. Mm. Jerry Jones says he wants he wants him some glory hole. It's <laughs> one of my favorite videos in the world. Uh, Cowboys. Yeah, fuck the Cowboys. Go fuck Birds. Cowboys. But go uh, well, go Giants. Whatever. No. Mm, go Penguins. Was like sports. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So. Make sure you, you rate us, you like us, you know. Keep on listening and uh, finish yeah. the fight. Oh, make finish it, the fight. Make a choice. Oh, shout out, shout out to, shout out to Bobby. All right, play, 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 play the witch, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>